Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth hyphen posts on Tumblr, and I'm joined with Chicky. Hi, this is Chicky. I'm Chickren on Tumblr. Eon. Hi, this is Eon, and I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. <laughs> somebody, I'm somebody. Whitey. <laughs> sure hi, hi everyone. This is Whitey, <laughs> and you can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr. And comma. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives at Tumblr. Okay, um, we are going to do a spoiler warning off the top. Uh, we spell anything Game of Thrones related, Song of Ice to Fire related, so be warned of that. Also, because we are covering Game of Thrones Season 1, Episode 2, um, with all Game of Thrones episodes, it seems we always have to give a blanket rape trigger warning. Pretty so. much every damn one. Yep, I think I'm just going to do it every single time. It's just going to be part of the checklist, (laughs) unfortunately. Okay, so the beginning of this episode, um, we open up with a scene of the Dothraki Sea, and it's uh, we see Daenerys and Jorah, and they're marching along the tall grasses with the new people she's married into. Um, Jorah gives Danny some horse jerky to munch on, and then he has this uh, little bit where he talks about ghost grass, um, which I find kind of interesting. It seems like they have their own mythos about the end of the world. being. Yeah, I don't know. Is that show or book? Or I don't even know. I don't either. I I think it was mentioned in the show. I mean, in the book. I want to say it is, too. It sounds... I seem to recall when I started rereading Game of Thrones that I came across that. Mm -hmm. Not positive. I love how Jorah is, like, kind of giving her, like, surreptitious, like, um, surviving the marriage bed advice, too. Like, he knows why she's so upset. He says something like, it's going to get better, which yeah. is funny. It's like, how does he know? I mean, like, why does he understand what she's going through? I don't even understand why you think about it. <laughs> That's like her BFF all of a sudden. I, yeah. I actually thought it was related to the horse, the horse riding, because, I mean, oh. isn't that where she gets off the horse? And she's like... First of all, in her, that first scene, she's still wearing those very, like, those very pretty silk dresses, which cannot be comfortable for long, I'm guessing, long traveling on a, a horse. No, I would think not. Well, yeah, it's so funny. I automatically thought he was talking about being plowed by a called Drogo. <laughs> Me too, because she was, like, looking at Drogo when, right, right before yeah. he says it. She, like, looks at Drogo riding by, and it's just, like, this look of, like, fear and disgust. And I, I was like, that, oh. I love that. I, That's where Kama's mind went, though, to think that it's the horse. Yeah, Kama's got a clean mind, and I have a well, no, dirty mind. <laughs> I, I just thought, like, isn't there a bit where she's getting off the horse? At, at some point, she can yeah, later. walk. And yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, she's in a totally foreign culture. I mean, he's been around these people for a long time. He knows how how it all works. She's, I mean, this is all brand new. I agree that he is. He's sensing her discomfort um, generally with the whole situation, and he's trying to make it a bit better for her. Yeah, Yeah. it's a little exchange, anyway. 
Uh, anyway, there as they arrive at camp, Daenerys is helped from her horse. Um, we see again the effects of you know a riding so long. Her hands are pretty badly blistered. Um, Viserys and Jorah exchange a few words. Jorah tells Viserys that he should have stayed with Illyrio. He would have been more comfortable. Viserys is. Uh, says he's there to ensure that Khal Drogo holds up his end of the bargain. Um, and then he asks why Ned Stark is after him. And then this is where we learn Jorah had sold his poachers to slavers. And Viserys is like, haha, I, I would totally be cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore proving what an amazing king he would be. I don't think Make she- me king. <laughs> I would allow all the slavery. <laughs> I think that's one thing we can all agree on and get behind. Viserys would make a shit king. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not as good as Tywin, but, you know, no one could. <laughs> yeah. I can't not. How? <laughs> we could do a whole episode on how Tywin would be an amazing king. <laughs> that would just be run by comma. She could do hey, the whole hour. I Lot would be there. She would. She would. Okay. Now, I want to know... Why do you guys think that the Dothraki have actually entered into this agreement with the with the marriage? Why why is Drogo so you know, why did he agree to marry Daenerys? What's I in it have for them? no clue. I don't get I don't understand this at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean I get why Illyrio brokered the marriage. I get why right. Viserys wants it to happen. Daenerys has no choice in the matter. But I don't understand what Drogo's really getting out of this. He seems very uninterested in the whole Westerosi conquest thing. And mm. he can have any woman he wants, it sounds like. He just takes whatever he wants. So I don't get what he's, why he felt the need to settle down. But I agree. And he's like having to go out of his way to like take her to base Dothrak and like introduce her uh, to the, what do they call him? Yeah. The Kal- Kalashin? Oh, I can't even. Kal- whatever. Uh, um, Kalasara, I want to say. No, well, that's the group that she's in, but the the group the group of of Khaleesi's ex Khaleesi's Kalashin. Oh Kal- right, Kal- um, I can't remember. Anyway, who who the fuck cares? He's like going all this trouble, and no one knows they're why. The, they're the widows of the the Dash yeah, Kaleen, I think. Yeah, the, oh Dash Kaleen, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, good one. <laughs> I I never would have guessed that. So I don't know. <laughs> Any theories about you, Eon? Any theories? Why? I don't really have any, I don't really have any theories as to why he went along with it. It just, I don't even remember it was covered why he, he Maybe wanted he to just marry her. And have really cute babies. Maybe he's a romantic <laughs> guy, so you don't know. Maybe. It- yeah, Gosh, maybe he no, thought that she was just hot. <laughs> Later on in the episode, she does say to him, you know, tonight I would look upon your face. And that seems to, you know, work for him. I think he's just uh, really sentimental. I, I think he's a big mushy teddy bear inside. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> I, quite, I don't really believe that, but whatever. Okay, moving on to Winterfell. Um, so we find Tyrion and he's asleep with the dogs in the pen and Joffrey taunts him and he gives this little remark that they're better looking bitches than he's used to. Okay, guys, how long did it take Joffrey to come up with that little uh, snarky remark? How long do you think he was standing there thinking that up? Since dawn. <laughs> Joffrey's not the sharpest knife in the door, draw, drawer, so yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> You gotta admit, though, he did a good job of being. I don't know. He's. I. I love um, Jack, like who plays Joffrey. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's really so good. Perfect. Um, and I gotta say, Tyrion, even like in a dog kennel, he sounds so dignified as he kind of like brushes himself off and kind of orders Joffrey to go pay his sympathies to Ned and Catelyn. 
Mm. <laughs> and yeah. Joffrey, he's not too interested in that, and he responds rather unsympathetically, and then he is immediately bitch-slapped by Tyrion, which is yes. great. <laughs> yes. One of my favorite parts of the episode. Best part of the episode. And you yep. get to enjoy it two more times. <laughs> it's like, I can remember this article I read from Peter Dinklage. It was it was an interview, and he said that he actually felt really horrible about slapping Jack Gleason because he was really oh. slapping him, and he was wearing that ring, and he caught him across the face with that ring. Oh. And you always, every Ouch. article you read, too, all the actors are always talking about how what a nice guy Jack is, too. Yeah. I think they were all concerned <laughs> that he was going to start getting death threats or something because, you know, he's an amazing actor. He really makes us hate Joffrey, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, anyway, yeah, as I mentioned, he um, uh, Tyrion threatens him again, you know, one more word and I'll hit you again. And then Joffrey whines, I'm telling mother. And then he's true to his word and smacks him again. Uh, Tyrion <laughs> presses the point. Joffrey needs to offer sympathies to the Starks. And he smacks him a third time just for good measure. And Joffrey takes off. And the Hound tells Tyrion he'll remember that. Mm. So... Uh, the next bit is Tyrion, and he's joining his siblings and their children, Tolman and Marcella, for breakfast. Yay! Yeah. I love that. so cute. I oh, love Tommen real and Tommen old and real Marcella. Yeah. Not the fake this, ones. This Tommen would not be your accountant. <laughs> no. He's Aww. adorable and cute. Yeah. So why don't She's... you... Okay, I gotta know. Why don't you like the new the new casting? I mean, I know. I like just tell the us. whole thing with with Tommen. I mean, Marcella is a little more of a blank slate to me, but at least with him, he seemed like he's a decent kid who has potential to be, you know, a good person and potentially a good leader. But he seems lovable and sweet. And granted, those qualities tend to be the cuteness tends to you know lessen as you get older. But the guy they cast him with, I swear, it, like the. What YD just said, you know, that he looks like he's a junior accountant. You know, there's no joy. There's no, I mean, it's just very boring, very bland. He looks like he's about 47 in a 16-year-old's body. Yeah, it's just hard to buy that sweetness. And I felt so bad for the the actress who, the original actress, Amy Richardson, who was playing Marcella. Because, I mean, I saw her on social media and she seemed pretty cool. And I don't know, I guess... Why I don't. Well, we haven't we haven't still, seen the new Marcella, so, so I guess we it's should possible. try. I but, may love her. I don't know, yeah. but I definitely the kid playing Tolman. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not interested. Mm. Yeah. Well, I didn't feel like. Sometime, Tomo. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel like he was such an amazingly better actor either. The new he's one. Not older. that he's bad. He's just older. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And he was one of the Lannister cousins, right? Yeah. yeah he yeah. actually's already been on Game of Thrones and been killed. <laughs> Yeah, Liam or Martin or whatever, and you know he was one of the twins who maybe his parents were easier to work with or something. Who knows? <laughs> I think they yeah. wanted someone older. Is my guess. And yeah, there there are new laws when an actor's over sixteen in the UK, so that may be it. That's probably. Not. I didn't go ahead, Ian. Oh, oh, I didn't like that they aged up Sir Pounce. No, no one likes that. Right. And I believe he's not the right color either. No, gonna... he's, a, he's supposed to be black, and then they made him like a tabby Ooh. cat or something. I'm going to go on record and say I don't give a fuck about the cat. <laughs> oh, well, they were, well, they were oh, saying that the cat was kind of a diva on set. They could have just yeah. gotten a kitten. They could have right. gotten a baby cat, you know, and I think that would have been better. 
They I'm would have been able to work no. with us. I'm, okay. I'm never going to say no to kittens, you guys, okay? <laughs> I want my kitten. Okay. So go ahead. I actually thought of Lot in that Dothraki scene that they showed of the camp where they were, like, skinning rabbits. I was like, oh, this is Lot's world. <laughs> <laughs> she can do it with her bad teeth, you, you guys. Know, it's, it's funny that you mention that because every time they did a pan of the camp scene, the women were doing the exact same thing. <laughs> It's like it's like the same skin, the same pot. I mean, they couldn't have you know mixed it up a bit. They couldn't have brought in all the rabbits for their skin. Have, it might have even been re-rolled footage. I don't know. <laughs> what a good funny! I wanted it, to just see dead bunnies everywhere. <laughs> oh. Okay, so uh, yeah, we're at the breakfast table, and there is some great eye contact going around the table as uh, Tyrion comes to join them. Um, they discuss Bran a bit. And uh, I gotta say, like, Tyrion is so effing likable in this scene. Like, he talks about yeah. pissing off the wall at one point. And, uh... What I love about this scene is it really establishes the characters of, of, of everyone, really. I mean, we see Tommen and Marcella being really happy when they find out that Bran's not going to die. And then we, we see Cersei, who looks really sour at the news. Um, and Jamie's, you know, sharing worried glances with her. And then we've got Tyrion, who, as you say, is being his, you know, entertaining, lovable self. So it, it kind of establishes that family dynamic there. And they did it so well in such a condensed way in this scene. Mm, and then yeah. there's this joke he makes. Uh, Jamie asks him if he's going to take the black when he goes to the wall. And uh, Tyrion makes a joke about how the whores will weep if he <laughs> went celibate. <laughs> <laughs> And then that's when Cersei is like, okay, I've had enough of this, and gathers up the kids and takes some away. And uh, they talk about Bran a little more, and then Jamie has this comment where he said he would prefer a good, clean death over being crippled. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah, it's one of his sort of quintessential lines, isn't it? Um, and, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh. Uh, so Tyrion has another perspective on it, of course, Um uh, being a dwarf, um, he, you know, he's he would he also says that he would like to hear what Bran has to say if or when he wakes up. And then Jamie says, "I often wonder whose side you're on," mm. which I think kind of hammers home that Tyrion knows about these two. And I think we discussed this yeah. on a podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Tyrion, yeah. Tyrion, Tyrion knows. Oh, yeah. He knows. Tyrion's- Tyrion's too we, smart and too close to them not to know. Do we think he knows about the incest? Yes. I, does he know that Jamie pushed Bran out the window? Is that what you're... He also, I think, knows that it was... Jamie. I think he... <laughs> he I knows, think he... Yeah, he has yes, an idea. He doesn't... I think he... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he knows for sure, but he certainly has his suspicions. He may not know the specifics, but he knows yes. that he they He knows they're somehow behind it. There's some, they're, they're <laughs> acting funny. They're looking at each okay. other. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's picking it up on it, I think. Mm. <clears throat> so the next scene is Catelyn, and she's sitting over Bran. Um, Cersei um, comes in, and she speaks of a little black-haired baby she lost and how she <laughs> mourned him. And how she feels for Kat, and she'll pray for her. Mm-hmm. And then, well, the black-haired baby. <laughs> In the yes. books, she never carried any to term, right? No, okay. this scene no. is a show invention. Um, yeah. In the books, Cersei did fall pregnant with Robert's child, but she dealt with it relatively early on, I think, presumably with Moon Tea. So this is... this. 
scene, the entire scene really is a, is a show invention, I think. And there has been some debate over whether or not Cersei was actually telling a tree here. Did she? Was there a child? I think we can all agree that there probably was a child, but. It's um, out later on. It's pardon? worn out in a successive scene between her and Robert when she talks right. about the baby. Right. So yes. it's show canon. Yes, uh, no, we, we know that, yeah, we know that there was a child, but um, I think more the debate was about whether or not she's being, uh, I think, true in her emotions. You know, is she actually sharing a, a legitimate moment of grief here with Catelyn or, or is she using it to, to her advantage in some way? Um yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's probably a little bit of both. Hmm. I mean, I like the scene. I, I was, a sh- I had not yet started to read the books, and what I liked with it was, as a new viewer who was still trying to figure out who the hell all of these people were, I thought it was like convenient. It was shorthand because it it explained one of the many things that had gone wrong with Cersei and Robert's marriage. And I thought, okay, oh, obviously she really doesn't want this kid to wake up. But I thought there was some genuineness there. I mean, at least as a a first-time viewer. I think with her, I think the one thing she probably does care about are her kids. So maybe there's a tiny little bit of empathy in there somewhere. I'm. Well, certainly shows Cersei has been portrayed, I mean, even in later seasons, as, I guess, having genuine love for her children, um, which is a sort of stark contrast to in the books where she really is solely narcissistic. She she really does only seem to care about her children so far as they affect her. So I think we can probably all agree that shows Cersei has certainly been softened uh as opposed to her book counterpart who is is harder and sure. you know well, you, a, a bit you more could even strategic. argue that show Cersei I mean she thinks just like book Cersei thinks she loves her children that's not the same thing right. as loving your children and I think you could make an argument that show Cersei has a similar thing going on there I think that's probably true but I do think she's certainly being softened in a way that she wasn't in the books Right. Oh, definitely. And they really wanted to wanted the audience to sympathize with her in this scene, particularly yeah. if you look oh, at yeah. if you look at what she's wearing in this scene, normally whenever you see Xerxes, she's in her her Lannister power colors, the reds and the golds and everything. Right. But in this yeah. scene she's wearing earth tones like blues and greens yeah. with flowers. Her hair is down. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is more motherly. Right, yeah, exactly. And I'd wonder also if, uh, with respect to Cersei's motivation, whether perhaps this is happening, uh, sort of to have Cersei toss out a red herring to cat, to remove suspicion about her involvement in what happened with Bran, you know, oh, I lost a child of my own, I'll pray for your child, I want, I want your child to live. Um, and perhaps even to sow some of the seeds of you know, that all of Robert's children have black hair as well because they did sort of yeah. focus on the yeah, black hair. So yeah. I could see them doing that. And so this is the thing that's made everyone think that Gendry is right. actually Cersei and Robert's kid. <laughs> <laughs> Long lost kid. I mean, guys, I want that to be true somehow. I, I know, wouldn't that be great? It's not true, but it would be so great. Uh, so be- many so many people who only watch the show think that, though. <laughs> Sorry, guys, you're wrong. Okay. It makes you wonder, did they realize people were going to think that and they just thought it would be funny yeah, or what? 
I'm guessing they didn't think that far ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, much like a lot of the things the riders do, I don't know that they necessarily thought it that far through. That's that's too much credit, far too much credit. Bear in mind, these are the same people who realized they had to spell out the whole inset. I don't think they're that, that, no. They're not that subtle. <laughs> so oh. we've already come to the bashing the riders. I know. Right. Well, I have some to wait. do later on, but I'll I'll wait for those segments. Yeah, awesome. Let's, let's uh, space out our punishment, okay? <laughs> so uh, John is having a sword made, and uh, Jamie enters the yard and asks if he's ever used his sword against another. They discuss the Night's Watch a bit. Um, Jamie thanks him and shakes his hand for his service to the realm, and he has this little offhanded remark that you know it's it's only for life and I, I can't help but feel like he's mocking him and yeah well that's because he is and I love how <laughs> I love how sarcastic Jamie is in this scene it really is a a true reflection of his character and I I really adore the characterization of Jamie this is uh this is real Jamie we're seeing here he's not a he's not really a nice guy he really is a bit of an asshole he's a bit um, of a dick. yeah yeah, he's a, he's a shit. Yeah, and we love him for it. He's, but so he's pretty, our though. asshole. <laughs> so pretty. So pretty. <laughs> Do any more about that before I go on to the next? No. Okay. So the next bit is of Arya, and she's packing, getting ready to head south. Um, Nymeria is helping her. Her wolf is helping uh, her. I love that. So much. Yes. And I'll oh, sorry, you go ahead. Um, you. Oh, I just love how they actually portray the Stark direwolves having similar personalities with their their Stark kid mm-hmm. owners. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, really see true. this in the scene with, with Namiria. She's helping Arya pack, and then Arya tells her to do something, and she's just yeah. like, nah, yeah, it's not, not doing it. <laughs> Never does what she's told. <laughs> <laughs> you just- had a... Oh. I- Go ahead, comma, I think. Comma. I was just going to say, this is, I think, one of my favorite scenes. I'm not a huge John fan. I, I was initially, now I can't stand him. But I love Me this too. scene. Me I too. love this scene so much. There's this great sibling dynamic. It feels very real to me. And it's heartbreaking and it's charming all at once. And, ugh. Yeah, I I, I'm I'm so here for the sibling love. Like I really enjoyed the Arya John scene, and I I really enjoy the upcoming John and Rob scene as well. Um, I, I as as for Arya and John, guys, I need these guys to meet up again at some stage in the story. Yeah. I know Chicky feels the same way. Yeah. Um, I just need to see these two kids get back together. Oh no! <laughs> Don't do that! Don't do that! <laughs> Okay, let's talk about swords. So swords. Let's do it. So John sticking with the pointy end yes. is what we learned in this scene. <laughs> That's her first lesson. Yeah, John gives her the sword. She names it Needle, and uh, yeah, her first lesson is stick them with the pointy end. And uh, yeah, so that's that that scene. Uh, anybody want to add anything else before I move on to the next? I think we killed it. Yeah. All right. John comes to say goodbye to Bran, and uh, Catelyn is pretty chilly to the request. John ignores her and says his farewells, tells Bran, that the unconscious Bran, that he will visit him at the wall when he's better and they can walk the wall together. Um, Catelyn tells him to leave. There's just so much venom towards John. Right. There is so much venom here. And what uh, what's interesting is it's even worse in the books. Uh-huh. Because 
Yeah, in in the show scene, as Lot just said, Catelyn is very chilly towards John, and they end the uh, their interaction with Catelyn telling him, you know, to get out, basically. In the books, she actually stops and tells him, it should have been you rather than Bran. Yeah, that's Ooh, cold. That is cold. <laughs> that is ice cold. Um, but, you know, I, I love it um, because what we have here is a character who is actually being fleshed out. We don't have a one-dimensional sort of Mother Teresa, martyr kind of character. We actually have someone who is, you know, displaying shades of grey and that's what people are. That's how, um, you know, we want characters who are relatable. We want characters yeah. who have failings alongside their redeeming qualities. That's why we like Jamie so much. That's why we even like Brienne so much. As as good as she is, she does she does have certain aspects to her personality that are, you know, not great. So yeah. you know, we like our we like our multi dimensional characters, and that's what we're getting from Catelyn here. We've got someone who is clearly, you know. <laughs> not displaying her best side here towards John. She's obviously treated him pretty badly over the years. Um, but to me, that's what makes her more likable in a way, more relatable as a character. Yeah, I didn't really yeah. get a sense of what was the reaction to Catelyn as a character for these early episodes. Because I could see there being a lot of hate towards her. Cause you mean in fandom or you mean he, from us? Just like the general public. like um, Or you. I think there was, I think there was some dislike particularly for this scene certainly not as much as Sansa copped in the in the first season mm-hmm. but I think there was some dislike I don't know if anyone else can speak better on that I would say Kat gets a lot of hate for the way she treats Jon Snow yeah everybody yeah, that think, I've talked to, to talk to yeah but uh, book readers especially I, I don't know with the show I, I wasn't around for the first season so I don't really know I came to it late, and I was so far behind with the general public's. I have no idea what other people thought. I was still trying to figure out the difference between Rob, John, and Theon. In fact, it (laughs) took me most of season two to figure out what the hell was going on with Theon. I didn't hot and not hot. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Except I liked Rob better, and I finally figured out he was. Well, they called John bastard enough. I'm like, okay, all right, and I got that. But, but um. You know what know. the difference? You know what I the found... difference is now, a lot between What's them. All dead. It's uh, it's Hatch penis, not it. penis, dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, in any case, I find I find Catelyn written very inconsistently this episode. But and I I kind of I get I mean I I know enough of medieval history to understand where some of her emotions are coming from and some of her dislike of him well yeah although i find it very it's hard as a modern person to put yourself in that place and understand where she's coming from well if i may i'll just explain what i think you're talking about um so ned he comes in and he's overhearing this exchange between john Mm -hmm. and catelyn and to me it seems like this is nothing new to him this has been going on a while where he comes into the room and there's been this tension yeah. And this is where we learn that John's identity, that, he, well, kind of, that she recounts how he, Ned came back with John 17 years ago. So, and it, we learn, you know, that's his, so you were saying, like, for the, I guess, the medieval type era that they're depicting. Well, I mean, you know, oh, go ahead, Ian. You know, I can honestly empathize with Catelyn just from personal experiences being a military wife and just having a baby and my husband shipping out for a year and yeah i mean if 
he came home with another kid. I think I would be pretty. I'd have some issues with that. 17 yeah. years that would 17 last. years. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's interesting to me is um, looking at Ned's character in, in this situation and how presumably he's never really taken Kat to task about the way she's treated John. And I wonder, I presume that's born of his, his guilt over, over it. Because if you look at Ned's character, he really is one, he's like a stickler for honour, for doing what's right. And seeing Kat treat John like that would surely... I guess, sort of eat away at him, and yet he hasn't seemed to confront her about it at all. So I, well, I assume I that's, think, that's his guilt. And then that the problem that it's this giant thing that they've she at first probably wasn't able to ask him about, and then when she was, he refused to talk about it. So it's just been this thing hanging over them for the past, well, what, 17, 16 years. And now, I mean, you know what? She's taking it out on him, which is wrong. She should be taking that out on the husband, not on the kid. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that's part of it. He never talked about it. I think in the books, I think there's a reference to her asking, and he basically refuses to discuss it and forbids her to ever ask again. So it's just this thing that they've never resolved. Uh, that's, I don't think that's what happened. I think okay. he, he hears a possible. rumor. I think I he hears... He hears he hears a rumor that she's been asking, I think, around the castle, oh, and he tells okay. everybody not to talk about it. I don't think, you know, he's never told her not to feel the way that she feels or, or any, you know, I mean, it, it, is, it isn't his place because she's within her rights to feel the way that she feels with John, about John. I mean, mm, within okay. their society particularly, I would say she's within her rights. I mean, with modern sensibilities, obviously, we're sitting there going, hey, this is just an innocent kid. Don't take it out on him. Mm. But, you know, in their society, it's perfectly fine to vilify a bastard for being a bastard. That's actually part of what their society is based well, on. So I still John find it odd that someone that. like Ned would not would see something, you know, <laughs> happening like that and just let it, let, you know, let it go, I guess. I've always been of the opinion. I've always been of the opinion that it, if if, you know, R plus L equals J is true, which is that. Um, John is the child of Ned's sister, Liana, and Rhaegar Targaryen, then nothing helps to reinforce this um, charade yeah, yeah. of of John being Ned's bastard than the yeah. fact that Ned's wife hates John. And yeah, I and think I it just that. helps keep up the whole thing. And I, I do assume that he would, he would not want to – I mean, the more that he would take her to task over it – the more it shines a spotlight on what actually happened. So he'd probably just want to shy away from that as well. What's your theory, Lot? <laughs> yeah, what is it? It's, it's pretty cracky. <laughs> Do it. And wouldn't it be like very poetic if N plus L equals J? Oh, oh my God, out. that's genius. Get out. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I think that would be great because you're here like vilifying the Lannisters for their gross incest, and then you have John, who's oh like God. a fan favorite, and he's the product of incest. I think it'd be wonderful. It's a whole oh large God, corner of fandom love that loves Stark incest. That oh, would be that all would, over that. That would be awesome because if if N plus L equals J, and there's the whole fan theory that John and Danny are going to get together, so it's just incest all across the board. <laughs> Well, no, it They've would got even more then. in common now. There'd be no incest. They could totally get together. It would be a legit pairing. Oh, wait. Oh, well, that would turn them off. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I got so confused there. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Okay, I'm not Let's, going into this. <laughs> Let's move on. So, uh, John is continuing his goodbyes. The next one is to Rob. 
Um, Rob makes the comment that the next time he'll see him, he'll be in black. <clears throat> so it's a short scene. The next shot is of the royal party, and they're heading south down one road. Tyrion, Benjen, and a few Lannister guards are going north. Ned tells John, you may not have my name, but you have my blood. John asks him about his mother, and he tells them the next time they see each other, they will talk about it. Promise. <laughs> this whole episode <laughs> is full of these moments where you're like, oh, God. Yep. Painful. Painful. On the assumption that John is the offspring of uh, Rhaegar and Ned Lyanna. And Lyanna. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> On the assumption that R plus L equals J, do we think that the reason Ned is now going to be forthcoming with John about uh, his parentage uh, is because he'll be taking the black and therefore no longer be seen as a threat to the throne? Yes. I think, I think so. I think it I makes know, it's sense. Hard to say. It's hard to say because this is show canon, not book canon. So and I, I can't really see Ned thinking that way. <laughs> Well, I, you know, if Jon Snow takes the black, he's forgoing his his titles, his title to to Winterfell. It's everything, everything, and it pretty much it's almost a protection because it's you serve for life. And there's yeah. a huge thousand year, two thousand year long tradition of that. So yeah, I I, I don't know though. We do know that they can break that because they tried to crown Aemon Targaryen after he was not only in the Night's Watch but a maester as well. But I mean, is Ed? Or I'm sorry, Ed. he refused though. I think he had the, <laughs> the opportunity, guy, he just refused. Is Ned that knowledgeable about Night's Watch history? I, mean, I would think so because well, Aemon's still alive. Yeah, Aemon's still alive. I'm sure he's met him. Yeah, and also, you know, half the Starks have served in the Night's Watch, so I'm sure he's heard about uh, all sorts of things. I think so, too. Um, So the next bit we get is of King Robert and Ned, and they're having a little bit of lunch. They're talking about leaving it all behind, just running away, swords outside. With each other. (laughs) With each each other. (laughs) Ned Burt! Ned Burt. I could so get behind Ned Burt. And I think they yeah. protest too much when they mention tavern wenches. I think yeah, it gets, really, it gets really a little too real, so they got to throw it out. talking about <laughs> the code, did you say? I yeah. believe I never want to hear any of you making fun of my ships again. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many of them to make fun of, Goma. <laughs> you take Cracky to a whole new level. <laughs> Well, who's more, who's more devoted to each other than Ned and Robert, though? This is the true love think, story of A Song of Ice and Fire. I was going to say, I don't think this is that cracky. I mean, these two are, like, super close. They love well, each GP, other. I'm there with yeah. you. I, I... There's no doubt that they've crossed swords before. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> When I was actually watching this scene, I kept thinking about the Ned and Leanna thing, and I kept thinking about every time Robert talked about Leanna, the look on Ned's face. Maybe he was like jealous because oh, no, <laughs> watch out. it again, watch it again. I think it holds no, up. No, no. Well, you, you know, I've always, I've always thought that the reason why Robert was just so crazy about Leanna was because once he wed Leanna, his house and Ned's house would be joined, so they would. They would be closer. It's just like Renly and Loras. It's just like Renly and Loras. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yep. 
they could sneak off to like the crypts or you know, there's all sorts yeah. of places. I love how oh, four of us are like all about Ned Bert and Colin. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm just sitting here going face palm the whole time. <laughs> Who are Jamie and Ben? Who cares? Ned Bert. Ned Bert. We're changing the podcast, ladies. They're going to be called Crossing Thoughts. <laughs> well, that's actually and our good. two favorite characters, <laughs> Ned and Robert. <laughs> Love it. Both are dead. Both are dead. But we'll move on in our minds and hearts. And I'm out of here. Bye bye. <laughs> Robert uh, mentions uh, one of, uh, well, Ned's bastard, and uh, he tries to remember the name of the mother, uh, Willa, some kind of tavern wench. Yeah. And this is where Ned refuses to talk about her, and then Robert thinks it's because uh, he betrayed Kat. Um, Robert shares news of Daenerys Targaryen and her marriage to Khal Drogo. Rob thinks that she's a threat, Ned doesn't, and, you know, Robert says, well, he has 100,000 Dothraki. And then replies, well, it could be a million, but they can't cross the narrow sea, so they're no threat yeah, Ned, to realm at all. Uh, Ned's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think he's an idiot. Look, he wouldn't, be dead, he wouldn't be dead now if he wasn't an idiot. So I have a lot of pent-up aggression towards Ned, apparently. I'm picking up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, good point. They, uh, they, can't, they have no way right now to cross the sea. But that doesn't preclude them from doing it at a later time. Correct. Yeah, I agree. This is not bright on Ned's part. Um, and then Robert, accurate. And also, sorry, I just wanted an excuse to kill Danny. <laughs> I can get be- that's that's the thing I can get behind. <laughs> so Robert accurately predicts a war is coming. And then we go on to the next scene, which is again the Dothraki camp, where they're doing the exact same shit they were doing the first time we saw them, as I've already mentioned, skinning rabbits and stirring that same damn pot. Daenerys is being oh, <laughs> Daenerys is being done by Kel Drogo oh, and she's not oh. really enjoying it um, he doesn't yeah. really seem to be either it's just like going through the motions <laughs> she smiles as she stares at her eggs and I have written in my notes did she just impregnate her eggs with her eyes because that was weird yes. yes look I think they're just putting I think they're putting too much focus on these dragon eggs I mean, you know, the fact that the dragons come later is then absolutely no surprise. I remember the book not being so heavy-handed with the uh, dragon foreshadow. I didn't, I mean, as a new viewer again, I don't know that I picked up on that stuff. Oh, I did. Um, I did find the whole business with the whole, the way the art direction's done in these scenes is just, it's it's way too modern in some respects. Like all these candles in amongst the the dragon eggs yeah, and artistically placed yeah. here and there. It's like somebody went to like the mall and got an idea from like Bed Bath and Beyond and stayed and got a peach Bellini <laughs> candle. Yeah, candy yeah. apple. Yeah. <laughs> no, I took their coupons and got a peach Bellini <laughs> candle. <laughs> Shout out to Garland Subterfuge. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, look, I think they focus too much on the eggs. It's not just this scene. It's in plenty of scenes. But I, I honestly think this particular scene is mostly gratuitous filler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great filler. Yeah. Which they love. Yeah. Yeah, they love it. Well, and I mean, they're also trying to demonstrate, although I, I think, honestly, from the first step, we got it pretty clear that, you know, this is not a great relationship so far. Danny's not having a good time. Yeah. And again, I guess it does 
kind of set up what's to come, but I don't think they. This is a very jumpy episode for me, and there's a lot of padding. It's all over the place. It is all over. They they crammed so many scenes in this. I can't imagine what your notes look like. Lot. I mean, like how many scenes are in this stupid thing? There's a lot. There's. I'm not going to count them now, but um, some of these scenes lasted really only for a minute or two. It really was all over the place. Some were just establishing shots, really. Yeah, I think this is something they've really improved in later seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just doing a quick count, and already I'm up to 13 scenes. <laughs> yeah, see, like, whereas I think, like, in season four, like, an average episode would probably maybe have 10, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they, like this is this is a place they've improved a lot. Yeah, for sure. The pacing. Uh, okay, so uh, the next bit is Tyrion and John, and uh, there's some men with them that are heading north. Um, they're making. Oh, peace. sorry, it's twenty four. There are twenty four scenes in this episode. Goddamn! How do you know that? I, I have them all. Like I have an outline in my notes. Damn! I no, I just know it off by hand. I just remembered. <laughs> did. That's crazy. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, they're making yeah, camp, fine. they're heading to the wall, there's some rapers with them. Uh, Tyrion makes this comment about, you know, you giving up your old family, you're taking a new one, not not liking yours so much. And then he has this line, too, where um, most men uh, will choose castration over going to the wall. Yeah, the wall, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I guess the wall is really considered to be <laughs> pretty much worse than death, certainly worse than castration which is an interesting thought really yeah well and clearly in contrast to the romantic uh tales of the wall that john has been growing up you know in his eyes it's you know he's going off to be the great valiant saver of the realm and everything and now it's like honestly who can blame him considering the way he's been treated by catlin at home i assume he just wants to get out it's interesting though because like in the 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 premiere the benjamin has a scene with him and it's it, it kind of reminds me of like you know what you hear like recruiters telling like totally yes and, and then yeah. suddenly it's like oops didn't mention that part you know or that part or that yeah. part and I'm not knocking the military it's just a lot of those people have a reputation for not being entirely truthful or painting the clearest picture and it's sort of like this like invention doesn't say anything at all really I mean to no Benjamin really doesn't say anything at all he needs more lines. He does try huh. to deter him. He needs more first. fucking lines. How hot is this guy? He's in the more background of all these Benjen. scenes. There we go. And on. I'm just like, talk more. How <laughs> children? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I really liked about this scene between John and Tyrion is you see, um, you can see a lot of similarity between Tyrion and Jamie in this scene. By the way, that they interact with John, and they're both really. You know, kind of pushing his buttons, being really sarcastic oh, with just him, running right over John. I love it, and <laughs> it's so easy. That's why it seems like a good time to push John's buttons. It's kind of a jerk move, but yeah, they're definitely it alike. Kind of is. You know, they're definitely both dicks. There's yep. no question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so John asks Tyrion uh, why. Does he read so much? And uh, Tyrion says there are things that are expected of him. He's a Lannister. Uh, he says his father served um, as Hand of the King for 20 years until Jaime killed him, John remarks. So mm. that's the end of that yeah. bit. And I really like oh, that on. scene right there. What? Oh, go. No, you go ahead, Ian. I just really like that scene. I just love Tyrion's expression whenever John is talking about Jaime being killing the Mad King. And whenever... Tyrion hears that he just kind of smiles and tilts his head and 
it just made me wonder if maybe I don't know if Tyrion really knows the truth as truth as to why Jamie did it, but I think maybe on some level he might understand why he did it. And he might agree with why he did it. Yeah, I think a lot of people agree with I why he did it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, I don't I don't necessarily know know that I believe that. I feel like Tyrion has probably just heard that so many times about his brother being the king's side that he kind of just accepts it. There's no point really arguing it. Well, and it, it would have been one of those things. He would have been very young when it was happening, so he wouldn't really be aware of all that stuff, and they probably would never have discussed it, and it's like sort of the elephant in the room. Really you know? young in the books, but man in the show, like, doesn't Tinklage look way older than, than Nikolai and Lena? But I mean, he still yeah. would have been, if Jamie was 16, he would have been 12. No, he would have been. No, he was. No, nine. he's eight years younger than they are in the books, yeah. but in the show. Yeah, oh, I don't know what it is in the show. In but the show, I mean, he would have been about fifteen years older. <laughs> but in, okay, ignoring that. But in either case, he's supposed to be the younger brother. He would. It wasn't. It's not a, a couple of years. It's it's enough of a difference that it probably wouldn't have been something he would have been aware of at that level and. No one has ever seems to ask Jamie why. It's just he did it. Yeah, they all make the assumption yeah. that he's just an asshole, right? Or like he did it for his father or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, they're not wrong. Yeah. No, he's not. <laughs> he is an asshole, okay. but... <laughs> but what... Okay, so the best part about this scene is really that Tyrion actually gives this podcast a shout-out at the end by summing up the uh, the nature of our podcast, which is... Oh, the wine. <laughs> right. He says our tagline, which is... You know, everything's better with some wine in the belly, which is actually, uh, I think, an accurate summation of the way that we feel generally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I agree. Okay, we'll go on to and the next. And maybe some, maybe some milk and beer. Milk, beer, and tequila. Okay. Isn't that like Farman and Mare's milk right there? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that leads to the milky flux. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. No, we can't. I'm moving on. Okay. Please, please. No one has any idea of what's going on right now. Of Catelyn and Maester Lewin. Uh, Maester Lewin attempts to talk business. Um, he's trying to get some things in order from the royal visit. Catelyn's not really having any of it. Mm-hmm. Rob steps in, says he'll handle it. He asks Catelyn um, when was the last time she's left the room, and he says that Rickon needs you. The wolves are barking in the background during this whole exchange, and then a fire breaks out. Rob leaves to investigate. And a hooded assassin enters the room, tells her that she's not supposed to be there, and then he pulls a dagger out of uh, out, and they struggle. Catelyn's hands are badly cut. Um, she bites the man and is then thrown to the floor. Brands Wolf Summer jumps at the assassin. We hear a delicious crunch of the wolf's teeth as it sinks in mm-hmm. and starts tearing him apart. Summer settles on the bed next to Bran. God, it is so hard to watch that scene where Catelyn cuts yeah. her fingers up, Ooh. grabbing the blade yeah. and holding it. Yeah. You can really Ooh. feel it. You can feel it. I gotta say, yeah. I really, I really um, liked the uh, the shot at the end with Catelyn with her hands just covered in blood. I thought that was quite a a, mm. a well shot, well framed shot. Yeah, they really sold that scene. It was mm. excellently done. I thought. You know, these Starks really need to learn not to lock up their dire wolves because this right. happens and then something later. bad happens later, you know. Wait, what? what happens later? 
Like, if you had a dire wolf, would you not have that thing by you at all times in this Well, I mean, presumably in what happens later, he was made to lock up his dire wolf. I don't think dire wolf was welcome in the place where the... Why am I dancing around this? At the Red Wedding... I have no idea what y'all are, though. It's funny. Dude, if my dire... Dude, if my direwolf is not welcomed, I'm not coming to your place. Right, I'm not coming right. to your wedding. I'm not coming to your wedding. Yeah. Not without my direwolf. Not without Raywind. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Oh, so, back at the Dothraki Sea, um, Danny's hands and feet are being tended to. And um, we learn that. Um, well, they kind of discuss dragons a bit, and we learn that they are extinct, and then her attendants argue about the origins of dragons. Uh, Danny asks to be left alone at this point with um, the least girl, Doria, and uh, we learn that she's a whore, so Danny asks her if she would teach her in the ways to uh, please Drogo. I mean, this scene is what it is, am I, I right? It just I mean, is what it is. You know, it is known. Yeah. Did you notice they worked in there first? It is known. I love a couple that. Of I, love I think we should <laughs> move yeah. the moon. that they were it both is... fully clothed because later on that's, yeah. 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 She's learning how to finish a man. It's death by snoo snoo. Wait, what do you, what do you mean by snoo? What do you mean? What do you mean by, what do you mean by finish a man? I'm not meaning by the way that um, you finish oh. somebody in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> About their spine. So basically, basically, it's not going to be a flawless victory. <laughs> <laughs> and then you take out the dagger and you cut his head off. There you go. <laughs> so basically, it's, basically, she it's like a praying mantis. Uh, at the end, you just bite the head off. <laughs> okay, what's so happening right now? Moving on. So we get this really like we've been talking about how awkwardly this episode is kind of cut up. Um, another we get this other little slice, and it's John, Benjamin, and Tyrion, and they're arriving at the wall, and you kind of just get this big shot of the wall, and they have this like wow face, and that's it. It's a really short and scene. One word from Benjamin finally that I was really waiting for. Uh, yeah. What is it? I can't remember, but I know it was one word, and I was like, one word this whole damn episode! What the fuck? I could tell him that's just said. <laughs> I think he really just said, did. dude, look at the wall. That's <laughs> it. Dude. If he said dude, I'd marry him right now. Yeah. <laughs> Get in line, dude. <laughs> you know, I'll have to agree with Lana Hitty on the commentary for this, because, I mean, there's nothing like seeing these hot dudes, and they're all dirty. There's dirt on them, and it just makes them hotter. Yep. You know why that Dion just wants to give them a bath. Do you know why men that are <laughs> a little bit dirty are so attractive? Because they've actually yeah. been doing some shit around the house. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Okay. Uh, we're going on to Catelyn, and she's back at Winterfell doing some sleuthing. <laughs> she's yes, it's Catelyn Stark, private investigator. <laughs> she's yes. She's investigating the tower where Bran fell, and um, she's up top digging around. She finds a long golden strand of hair. A long golden yes. pube. Yeah. <laughs> Not going there. <laughs> she gathers. So, she gathers. There you go. <laughs> she gathers um, other like was it Rob, Lewin, Theon um, around the tree. And, and Roderick with a scary, weird beard. That beard guy. Yeah. Right? I like to call him the, counts- like to call the Council of Elrond. 
(laughs) (laughs) So um, she says that she believes Bran was pushed out the window and obviously Mm. someone's tried to kill him twice now and she can't figure out why, but she definitely thinks the Lannisters are behind it. Because Which of that is long some good deductive reasoning. Right? <laughs> They've all heard the stories about the Lannisters and their long golden pubes. The notorious pubes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the dagger is too fine a weapon, so it had to have been given to an assass- the, uh, the assassin. Um, Rob and Theon immediately want to fight, and Lewin is the only one that has really a voice of reason and cautions Rob and Theon. Uh, he says they need to speak with Ned first or to inform Ned. Rob immediately wants to go and Catelyn tells him a Stark must always be in Winterfell. Uh, so basically Catelyn's forgotten that she has a younger, youngest child called Rickon. Can I, Rickon. Right, can I just Rickon? say here, I have, I have so many issues with how she and Cersei are written in this particular episode. And it's like one minute she's like focused, so focused on the kid she won't leave to you know, take a bath, wash her, go see her other children. The other minute, she's like, okay, all right, moving on. And, you know, it's just, it's very weird. It's very, it's very inconsistent. And I think the actors are doing their best with the material. It's just like, I don't know how to reconcile that first Catelyn with now this one who's like ready to leave everything with the teenage son to go off traipsing to go find her husband. And I get that she wants to get justice for her kid, but it's a little bit, it's hard to make that that reconciliation. Yeah. Well, for me, it's that first Catelyn and Cersei scene that, that is so weird, because Catelyn in, in the last episode had gotten the letter from her sister, right. that the Lannisters had killed her brother-in-law, and you would think that, that Catelyn would be suspicious, and yet she listens to Cersei and doesn't really have anything on her face that gives away that she's suspicious of Cersei's motives like or anything. She's empathetic with her, and, yeah. and suddenly she's like, all the Lannisters are, you know, they're involved. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and then suddenly it's just a complete flip when she does this investigating and this finding the hair. Whereas, you know, in the books, it's more natural. You know, Catelyn just kind of puts two and two together and she doesn't have to go find a big hair somewhere. So, you know, like, she's just not an idiot. <laughs> uh, okay, so Cat uh, kisses Bran goodbye in the next scene and she's, uh, I, well, okay. This is, this is Danny scene again, so... She's trying to, um... It's sex 101. Yeah, she's trying to put her lessons into play. And Kel Drogo comes in and he attempts to, you know, take her doggy style. And she's like, uh, tonight I will look upon your face. She gets on top and I think it's pretty hot. <laughs> it's like, does Drogo just not have the internet? Has he never seen any other sex positions at all? I mean, like, honestly? I mean, he may have. I think he just likes likes what he knows. Just wants the doggy style all the time? It just wants, yep. Yeah. I can well, confidently say Cal Drogo does not have the internet. <laughs> Damn. He's well, that, his mean, tablet he, has broken. I'm going to guess most of his relationships, such as they have been, have been a quickie with some woman that they, you know, raped somewhere. I mean, or he... Yeah. Or I don't know what the deal is with the people in the camp or whatever, but I don't think this is somebody who is interested in how, generally speaking, and how the other person feels in the relationship or what they're doing. It's all about him. Yeah. Anyway, he seems did to... Any, did anybody see Jason Momoa's sock on the rewatch? <laughs> I, I, you, know, you know what? I didn't... It's like a that. split second. 
Eon was the sock full. It was just really dark how and long, black. How long, <laughs> how long was the sock? Did it hit his knee? So, <laughs> no, it didn't hit his knee. <laughs> I didn't see the sock, but I did um, have a good look at that spectacular Jason Momoa ass shot, I have to admit. That was. Uh, yeah, he is a fine looking man. <laughs> he's a fine yeah. specimen. Uh, okay, so the next scene is the Inn at the Crossroads. Um, Sansa's walking lady about, and um, she almost bumps into Illyn. The hound tells her Sir Illyn had his tongue ripped out, and Joffrey's there as well. And He tells her that Sir Illyn speaks well with his sword, and we learn that he is the king's justice. Joffrey is kind of laying it on pretty thick in this scene, and um, he's, you know, kind of playing up to Sansa and... I think he invites her to go for a walk at this point. And Sansa is eating it up. She sure is. Yep. And drinking okay. it up. Drinking it yeah. up. Yeah, I was going to say, is he trying to get her drunk? What's happening there? He really I is Cersei's kid, huh? He really, really is. He really is. No doubt there. Um, so they come across Arya and the butcher's boy, Micah, and they're playing at swords. And um, Joffrey does a phenomenal job of being a dick here. Um, he kind of kind of picks on Micah and then he slices him across the cheek and uh, Arya defends her friend and smacks Joffrey across the back and Sansa screams at her to stop and that she's spoiling everything. Uh, Joffrey is swinging his sword about at Arya. She falls and then he tells her that he's going to gut her uh, and then Nymeria jumps up and bites his arm. Arya takes his sword, Joffrey whimpers and begs her not to hurt him. <laughs> She tosses the sword into the river. Sansa tries to help him, but he snarls at her and tells her not to touch him. Yeah. So. I feel like uh, there was some kind of wooden acting in this scene generally. I, uh, My focus was on Sophie Turner here. I felt like, I don't know, there are a couple of lines that came out. Not, not in, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to say too much negative stuff about the kids right because they're kid (laughs) actors and honestly I feel like all three of these actors are actually very good now um but yeah I don't know the scene made me cringe a little bit with some of the acting choices Uh, it's probably their inexperience they're I'm thinking with all of the there had to be a lot of blocking maybe even stunt work and it was probably a lot to to do and to act and maybe it got away from them yeah. You know, I wonder if this was one of their first scenes they filmed. That could yeah. be too. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, I think Tom is right. I think it would be a difficult scene to film. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's They're working with animals. We've got, yeah. you know, so Jack Gleeson throwing expletives at uh, poor Macy Williams. It's probably not the most comfortable of scenes for and them there'd to film be, as well. There'd probably be a lot of people on that set because you'd have, if you had yeah. stunned people, you'd have them or doubles. Or if you have the animals, then you have the handlers for the animals. You know, so it's probably a yeah. lot of distraction too yeah Yeah. i mean it's not it's not just this scene where there are some interesting uh line readings and whatnot from some of the kids but you know they're kids and they've certainly come into their own i think yeah i think they're doing a brilliant job now they they really are uh so in the next scene we see the lannister soldiers are looking for Arya. um she's with her wolf nymeria and she has to throw rocks at her to 
uh, get her to leave because she doesn't oh. want the wolf to get <laughs> That broke my damn heart. I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm such an animal lover. And just, I know it's acting, but just the idea of, you know, this girl who clearly adores her wolf and the wolf who clearly adores her, you know, her having to actually be physically violent towards her animal to save its life. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a hard scene. Uh, I really hope Arya and Nymeria are reunited again. Me too. Yes. So if you had to have your pick between <laughs> John and Arya reuniting or Nymeria and Arya reuniting. Ooh, John and Arya. John and Arya. Yeah, Would you say comma? I said Nymeria. What? <laughs> okay, Eon. <laughs> I'm going to agree with comma. I'm going to, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go John and Arya as well. Okay. Um, we're divided. I, we're a house divided. You, you want me to? You divided. know what? I'm the deciding God. vote. Fucking humans over. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we trans- like Namiria's got her own posse now. So <laughs> she's fine. Freaking she's up. cool. She's like tearing out throats everywhere. She's having a good time. She probably <laughs> acts better though. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, is that the Kit Harrington thing? <laughs> Okay, so we transition into night, and we still see that everybody's looking for Arya. Um, Ned is told that she's been taken to by Lannister guards by the Queen's order straight to the king. Ned's pretty pissed about this when he kind of barges into the inn, and he demands to know why Arya wasn't brought to him <coughs> first. And Cersei is told um, to be quiet when she says, how dare you speak to your king in that manner? Um Joffrey has uh, told his mother that Arya and Micah attacked him with clubs. Then the wolf was set <laughs> upon him. Robert asked... I think that's a, that's a believable, believable story there. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert asks for Sansa to try to get, you know, another opinion. And Ned says she's in bed. And Cersei says, no, no, she's right here. And he call, she calls for Sansa. And at this point, Sansa, you know, says she doesn't remember what happened. Right. Okay, I, I gotta I gotta get on my soapbox, you guys, because <laughs> seriously, this really bugs me. How much hate have you seen directed at Sansa for her behaviour in this scene? I've seen so it everywhere. Yeah, so you get yeah. onto Reddit and it's just walls and walls of and apparently I hate that bitch, I want her to die. I hate that bitch I wanted to die. She's like a a kid. We've got okay, and for we've this got... one act, she deserves everything that comes to her, and I don't get right. this. She's right. what supposed to be eleven or twelve years old, something like that. Even even in the show, as a young teenager, she doesn't it's, deserve what she gets. She but doesn't, the point and I is, mean, do you know how many times I lied when I was twelve? I mean, well, it, it's not even about lying. It's, but I mean, she's not, what we've got. What she's we've got here, get the king for God's sakes, asking for truth. The one guy who's accusing her sister is the one she's supposed to get married to. I mean, uh, yeah. She's it's not that it isn't a dick move. It's just she's like, well, in the books, 11 and what, 13 here? She's a kid. She's just a kid. She's just a little kid doing, you know, something stupid like all little kids do. I mean, like, mm-hmm. how angry can you be about it? It's ridiculous. And the thing of it is, like, to me, this scene is all about how, you know, either you can be honorable like Arya and stand up for yourself and Micah and your wolf and everything. Or you can try to be political like Sansa. And it really doesn't matter because you're going to pay either way. They both lose yeah. their wolves. It doesn't matter which direction you go. And that's the point. Yeah. And Micah's killed. 
That Micah one. bites it. Micah's yeah. the one who pays the price for this. Or fucking Micah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Lady also, but yeah, we're, we're, that's a coming up. That's all <laughs> coming up. Okay. Um, so yeah, Arya at this point grabs Sansa by the hair. It calls her a liar. Um, Cersei calls her wild and wants punishment. Robert leaves Ned to punish Arya. He'll take care of Joffrey. And uh, Cersei asks about the dire wolf. And there is no sign of Nymeria anywhere. And then Cersei reminds him that Sansa has a wolf. Both Sansa and Arya lose it at this point. Ned asks if this is Robert's command. And I notice here, Robert didn't really give a command or he didn't really give an answer. I don't get this at all. I get why Cersei does it because she's being spiteful because Sansa didn't like toe the party line there. And because she's crazy. But I don't get why Robert wants the wolf killed. It's not the same wolf. What's the point? I don't understand this. I think it's just placating Cersei. Yeah. He just doesn't want to deal with the headache of Cersei yeah. later. He, he does take the path of least resistance. I love the I love the description of this scene in the books when we hear about Jamie talking about how Cersei and Robert were up all night drinking and throwing things at each other, fighting about this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, Robert just passes out. He drinks so much to get away from it, and literally, Jamie and Jamie and Cersei are able to have sex in the room with Robert passed out on the floor. He's that was at so, Derry, right? Yeah, Derry's yep. so annoyed and upset. He just passed is out uh, <laughs> such a great marriage <laughs> such a great guy robert he's a winner <laughs> so um cersei asks sir illin to kill the wolf ned stops him and says that she deserves better than some butcher um when ned steps outside the hound is returning to the end and he's got the butcher boy micah um his dead body's kind of slumped over his horse and ned just has this brief pause where he seems displeased that you know the hound did this but then he kind of just moves on um where he find we also see this intercutting of summer and bran um and summer is upset it's like you get the sense that the wolf is sensing something really wrong is about to happen yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, as Ned kills Lady, um, Bran awakes. And that's the end of the episode. Dun, dun, dun. So, what do you think? Do you I like think I'm really episode? pissed about that dog dying. Yeah. I I hate this. Yeah. I hate this last bit so much. Yeah. And I know there's there's way more horrible things that happen, but it, it just really, yeah. Oh, God. What did you think about um, this episode? Did you like it? Or what did you like and what didn't you like? Is there anything that sticks out? Crickets. Really? <laughs> I, liked, I love the John Arya scene with Needle. Um, yeah. I hate all of the so much that exposition heavy, we gotta get this stuff out there stuff. They're not as um, subtle with it as they were in other episodes. And it's, it's, as I said, it's too inconsistent with how these characters are written. Yeah. I feel but like I they just... the John Arya scene is my favorite. Yeah, I think they were treading so lightly in the first episode, in the pilot, that it is a little jarring how heavy the exposition gets. And then, like, we were talking about just the, the number of scenes in this hour-long episode yeah. and the constantly jarring cutting between one thing and another. I mean... Yeah, it, it, it definitely is a, a, a turn down from last week. And I would say definitely my favorite part, the highlight is the John and Arya scene for sure. Yeah, I didn't like 
the excessive there seemed to be an excessive use of these stock scenes that popped yeah. up. There was like three scenes with like the dragon eggs with the votive candles. There was what two scenes with the Dothraki women skinning women skinning things. rabbits at same yes. during the pot. Uh, there was a scene. <laughs> yeah. There was a scene I think with Catelyn walking through the 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 courtyard of Winterfell. I mean, it was just stuff that I think could have been tossed out to make like a more important scene a little bit longer maybe yeah well, i i yeah. really feel like they could have stretched it out more like they crammed way too much into this I, that's one of my complaints because uh, most of the scenes are so very short i mean you could have cut out 30 seconds by just having catlin being in the tower we would have figured it out you know especially we didn't need to see her walk through the courtyard look up and go ah aha you know, it, mm. things like that. A little too much filler with the whole, a lot of the Danny stuff with the, like you said, the, the stock scenes. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Yeah, so we all are better. pretty much in agreement. The first uh, episode was better than the second in, yeah, our, sure. in our minds. Yeah. If we're ranking them, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on then if we're done with that and go to questions. No, we're running late. Let's hold on to the questions. Let's go to the thank yous. And Eon? Yeah, I got him. Okay. All right. We do have an Anon that says, thanks to your drunk cast, I have found a new ship. It's Ned X Rob. (laughs) I hope that's Robert Baratheon. Do we have the podcast for you? (laughs) That would be Robert Baratheon. Swords Crossing? Is that what we're calling it? Crossing Swords. And they say, can you please tell me, (laughs) can you please tell me if there is any fanfic to be found or if anyone is planning to write any soon? I I have an answer. Oh, really? There used to be fic, yeah. There there is fic for Ned and Robert. Um, I'm hoping that's the ship the person's talking to. I believe there is one story out there for Ned Rob, and I know I have not read it. And I won't be writing it either. (laughs) (laughs) Neither are those pairings. We have one from Apples Are Happy. She says, Hi, guys. I had quite a shitty day at work today, and your drunk cast made everything better. My laptop was in danger of tea spatting a couple of times, (laughs) but I could luckily keep it in. I'm sorry, to your livers, but please make more drunk casts because they're awesome. Hugs all around. There you go. See, Aww. we're always all so worried about with how that's going to go over. Those drunk casts kind of you don't. You guys don't even know. We most did not post that episode. <laughs> yeah, we all yeah. had to listen to it and approve it first. Yeah, we made somebody's day. Yes, that's so day. awesome. Thank Aww. you. Thank you. We have one from. From GS, Gal and Subterfuge, she says, I'm so happy to hear you guys talk about the show again. I've missed other characters. Ah, Game of Thrones Season 1, where everyone is hot and everyone is dead. (laughs) Thank Thank you for the really long message about Danny also, GS. Oh, I like how (laughs) you're not going to address any of it. (laughs) It's kind of long, it, you know? and we read it. So, and she had some really good points. She did, she did and I agree with them. Next time Gal is on the show, we're going to make her read it out. Yeah, I think that's a better idea. That'll be more fun. We'll let yeah. her go off on us. <laughs> <laughs> we have one from Tam J. Lee, and I just wanted to say thanks for the comment on the 
Jamie and Brienne board. Your brother's version of the theme song sounds pretty hilarious. I'm just not drunk enough to sing it at this moment. But it's yet, awesome. But yeah. Next drunk pass. Next it, drunk pass. Yeah. We got to get Tam on here. We'll get her to sing it for us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Let's see. We had a, a comment on iTunes by ABBA1949. It's titled Spouse Cast. Cast. Let's hear it for the boys. And it says, Mr. Lott, Mr. Chicky, and Mr. Eon, you guys leapt into the bear pit of pub- public opinion and emerged heroes. Aww. In their minds, they're heroes. I love yeah, how in their minds. said they would jump into a bear And Mr. Eon is doing a dance. <laughs> Unless a work friend. <laughs> it depends on the kind of friend. Yeah, right. Is that it, Eon, or is there more? Oh, we have a couple more. One is a tweet from We Hermione that says, Left my butt off listening to the drunk cast of Close the Door and Come Here. Also, learned of my new fave got pairing, Ned Burt. <laughs> Yay! I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> and apparently, One Hot Summer has been live tweeting us. She's really enjoying listening to our podcast. I love that. Thank yeah. you. And here's a couple. She's she said, "I'm so I'm listening to close the door and come here, and thinking who's this whitey? I don't know a whitey, but she's got a sweet accent. <laughs> whitey, whitey, yes, that's me. <laughs> There's now white. I'm listening to drunk cast, <laughs> and, and there's the." Now I'm listening to Drunk Cast and Grammar Slaves Lives. Oh no. Slaves Lives. <laughs> Love you, comma, like the play on my, on her name. It does. And apparently she really likes Mr. Eon too. She says <laughs> Mr. Eon is the best. Oh my God, still listening he to Spouse Cast. I think she had nice things to say about all the hobbies actually. It was very sweet. Yes. Well, it's nice. Thanks, OHS. And last but not least, we do have a fan art from L from BLJ got. Oh yeah, that was really that cute. Was amazing. That was awesome, Thanks. dude. I still need to look at this. What is it again? Oh my god, it's Jamie and Brienne in bed. You know, we were talking about <laughs> what he would say after their first. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Do I was good? Is this that's <laughs> yes. the one? That's the one. It's fantastic. <laughs> people. So thank you so much, BLJ yeah. God. Yeah, we love all you. your art. We love the art. Oh, God. Yeah. And we've reblogged that on the Tumblr, correct? We have, yes. Okay. And that's it, right? That's it for the acknowledgments? That's it. Okay. So um, I am still looking for um, favorite moments from people that are listening. If you have them, please let me know what episode it was and the time code that your favorite moment happened. Um, you can send that to me uh, via email at close the door and at gmail.com at our Tumblr, close the door and come here.tumblr.com and at the Jamie and Brienne online boards. So Jamie and Brienne.com. Okay. So that will bring us to the end. Thanks for podcasting ladies. Yay. Yeah, man. Hey. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Everyone. Bye.